Welcome to Grace River Church, located in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Our mission is to see every generation experience the transforming power of God in every area of their lives. We hope you enjoy today's message. Thank you, Pastor Josh. Praise the Lord. I, I really sense God has something special for us this morning. How many have been blessed through the worship? Praise the Lord. He something about the presence of God he's always with us but it's when you are made aware of where you are in his presence it changes lives um, good to be back Dr. Bucci thank you I'm looking for him there he is um, thank you so much last week was a blessing I've heard from so many what a blessing it was you know it's just a powerful thing to be able to not be here not to not be here that's not the blessing part such a blessing to not be here <laughs> but to be here not here and know that you have so many great men of God and women of God who can step right in and bless and speak into people's lives it's a powerful thing and we're blessed here at Grace River <clears throat> I'm going to try to wrap up today this series that we've been on and for the year it's been 2020 vision for the rest of your life it's the first day of March how many have already given up on the vision for the rest of your life okay um, it's a pretty broad statement I know but some of us we really we want to lay down some some um, new dreams and we want to pray God what have you got for my life and I want to be this and I want to go here and we have pictures on our refrigerator and we make plans and we have agendas and that's all great but the reason we didn't start off with even asking you what those dreams were is because I believe that without starting off about trying to find out what that vision for the rest of your life is without prayer is ridiculous because you will end up somewhere and it will be guided and directed by prayer or self right and so that, that's why we've really been launching into this so where is your life going where is your life going now when I when people ask me that I feel like I have to have the five-year plan laid out and all the details I, I'm not asking you that I, I am asking though are, are you purposefully trying to lay out a, an idea and a plan for where you think your life is headed not just randomly getting up and getting through the day and then it's next week and then it's next month and then you can't believe it's Christmas again and then we're talking about 2021 what is God going to do this year it, it, it starts with prayer guys now let me just set this up a little bit more trying to close this out today back in August and September we started a series on Nehemiah and that series in Nehemiah the very first Sunday the news to Nehemiah was this the walls are down and the gates are burned and he fell we started hearing about prayer right there but what it was that messed him up was the fact that the spiritual identity that was physically represented by those walls and what God was doing in the life of his people had been broken down and there was a part of me that in that series I was really hoping God show us the necessity of rebuilding those walls and many of you experience that but can I can I just tell you a little bit about what I believe God has been doing over the last six months it's taken some of us four months to realize that your walls really are down. 
it's taken a few of us a few months to really, and you know, because sometimes a preacher will get up and say, this is what life should be. Well, that's good for you. But here's how I believe life should be. But if you stay in the Word long enough, you can't fight God. And you start realizing, and see, we live in a culture, guys. Listen to me. You can pick your own news station. There's enough news channels out there that you can pick any truth you want. Hello? We're in political season. Come on. You can pick any venue you want, and that's the one you can believe in. We also live in a country that allows you to believe whatever you want to believe. Just stay off my grass. Hello? Um, now, where am I going with this? I, I promise you, you spend your time in the Word, and He'll show you what grass to build on. He'll show you what rock to stand on. But it takes a while. Can I get a witness on this? It takes a while for me to be willing to go there. It takes a while for me to be willing to admit the walls are down. I've let things into my life that shouldn't be there. I've not defended myself, and I've not surrendered myself in certain areas, and I've let brokenness represent my new normal. And instead of rising up and doing the godly things in our life, we've just accepted that. So then what do we do? We start talking about a new vision for our lives in 2020. And you don't have to give me an amen on this, but I know a lot of us spiritually rolled our eyes. Because we were very comfortable where we are. We're very, we, we don't want, you know, love on us, Pastor. You know, make us feel a little pain on Sunday. But don't expect change on Monday. But you can't pray and not get miserable. You can't pray and start even as simple. Some of you were even happy. Am I getting anybody's stuff yet? Some of us were even happy because, wow, thank the Lord, it's only the Lord's Prayer. We've had that memorized so long, it already doesn't mean anything to us. I can say that in 21 seconds and, and not think a thing. You know, we've got it memorized, and we're going to say it again in just a moment. But what I've been trying to do is break it down in such a way that even if you pray the Lord's Prayer, there's meaning behind every word. There's a relationship involved in the process. There's surrender involved in the process. There's, that's why it's important to pray every day. And again, we're going to say, this, say the prayer in just a moment. But what I've seen is God's opened my eyes to the spiritual attack. Some of you are under such a, a heavy weight, you have no idea how you're going to make it. And you just sort of, you're just sort of eking by rather than realizing the power of prayer. Um, prayer is nothing but a conversation with God. But he just happens to be in charge. It's one thing to have a conversation with me. You can have a conversation with me about your finances all day. And I can tell you maybe what your problem is. And I, I can talk to you a little bit about your finances. Or I might say, yeah, I know. Same thing. On the other hand, when you talk to somebody who's in charge, it's a different conversation. Uh, you can come to me and talk to me about all your spiritual issues all day. And listen, we need to be sharing with each other. We need to have that kind of uh, accountability. But here's the reality. I can't change you. But he can. 
I can't, I can't bring transformation in your life, but he can. It's just, am I making any sense? Am I willing to spend time talking with him? Am I willing to spend time with him in his word and listen to him? Am I willing to take 21 seconds? Yes, even multiple times a day. And this is not a, this is not a secret formula. Wow, I only have to pray 21 seconds. If you just start there, but knowing what it means, that'll wake you up. Let's say it together. Are you ready? I know you have it memorized. But let's say this together. Ready? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let me hear you. Thy kingdom come in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now say this. For thine is the kingdom. Amen. Amen. This last part today that we're going to focus on is for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now I'm going to, I'm going to get ahead of myself. I'm going to go right to the closing for a second. But don't get excited. That word amen means let it be. That word amen means yeah, this is going to happen. Amen. It doesn't mean I necessarily agree. It doesn't mean so let it be like I agree. You better agree with him. Amen just means because of him, I can expect this. Now, I say that, let's move forward. The, the Lord's Prayer itself starts with praise. If you think about what it, each section can mean, it starts with praise, our Father who art in heaven. Our God, that through Jesus Christ, we can claim a relationship with our Father. We're sons and daughters of God. I can go to my Father who is in heaven. He's the creator of all things. He has created all things. And I can easily understand that I have a Father who can take care of all things. Now, I say that because the reality is when, we, when we're not careful, we, we just talk about it and we get into a routine. That's why we can say the Lord's Prayer and not really mean it. But when you start praying the Lord's Prayer and you start moving in such a way that, that you understand what you're saying, especially when you get to that second part, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. See, it starts with praise, then it goes to surrender. Then it goes to petition. Then it goes to forgiveness. Then it goes to protection. Then this last statement. Now, you won't find this last statement in the book of Luke. Why is that? <clears throat> it wasn't that Luke left it out. The early church fathers added it in to Matthew. Why? Matthew was written to specifically a Greek audience. And you can go back into Greek literature, you will never, this is considered the doxology of this prayer. What is a doxology? Ready for a very important Greek lesson this morning? Doxology simply means this, it's two words. It means glory spoken. And in Jewish prayers, in Jewish songs, in Jewish prayers, and how many of you are old enough 
can remember ever singing, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Right? That's called, please, please, please. I'm here every Sunday. Um, that's called a doxology. Why? Because whatever hymn the older church would sing, whatever, whatever stories they would be singing about, they would close it with that verbal glory or verbal praise. Why? Because it makes sure you keep your attention on him, not what you might get a feel out of the song about. And I'm, I'm just going to say this one time. That's why our modern worship has to be very careful. Because we base a lot of our modern worship on how we feel and we forget to praise God from whom all blessings flow. Now, I say that that's what a doxology is. A doxology is meant to get your attention back. Because, and Jesus, Jesus didn't, uh, they didn't leave it out in Luke because Jesus forgot about it. They put it there on purpose because they knew a, a Jew would read this prayer and say, yeah, that makes sense. It's a good Jewish prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I've preached on this before. But if you take the Lord's Prayer in the 23rd Psalm, it parallels powerfully. Um, but then that last phrase, when you start it off, for thine is. That, that goes hand in hand. Remember when God first spoke to Abraham and spoke to Isaac, and spoke to Jacob. He would constantly remind them, I am your God. To Isaac, he would say, I am the God of Abraham, and I am your God. To Jacob, he would say, I am the God of Abraham, and Isaac, and your God. Who did he say to Moses when Moses said, who am I going to tell them has sent you? You tell them, I am has sent you. So what does this mean, that thine is? It means God is still I am. God is still very present in your life. This is not a history lesson this morning. We're not trying to figure out how to pray and historically lay some roots down and hope things happen. You really are praying to a God who is right now I am. He's moving on behalf of his people right now. He's moving in your life right now. Even if you're sitting here and fighting it this morning, or if you're wrestling through things or praying for someone else who's fighting it, it listen, it doesn't matter. You don't win. Because he is. And he says, for thine is the kingdom. So here I've got, I've got three simple points. You ready? Point number one is we have to understand that this is still praise in our lips. He is when I say, for thine is the kingdom, I'm starting off, I'm, I'm finishing this prayer by, by once again starting off in praise. We're going to pray through this again in just a few minutes. Because I, I pray that you've been praying this prayer. I know that all of you have a prayer life. Amen. Amen. Even if it's 21 seconds a day, I pray that you have a prayer life. But when you start understanding that there's a God that's listening, um, he hears that 21 seconds. And then when he starts speaking back to you, 
it turns into a minute and 21 seconds. And then you start realizing what those petitions, and you're praying for grandbabies, and you're praying for others, and you're praying for individuals, and you realize that, that you're spending more and more time. And, and you say, well, Pastor, I don't have time. You're too busy not to pray. So what does praise have to do with it? What, what does praise tell us about this this morning? Well, first of all, uh, very, very quickly, and I've got to move quickly through this. It's already 11.01. What is, what is praise? God inhabits the praises of his people. So when we praise God, when we praise God, we have to understand that he has a, a desire to dwell with us. From the very beginning, you can look at Genesis and realize that God was intent on spending some time with Adam and Eve. The Bible said that he would go and, and look for them and spend time with them in the cool of the day. Can you imagine God looking for you to hang out? Can you imagine the, the King of kings and Lord of lords looking for you to, to just spend time with you? That's what prayer is. He desired to have a dwelling place. In, in the Old Testament, as Moses was leading the children of Israel, his dwelling place became a tabernacle where his presence would dwell. We find that even in the New Testament, Jesus came and the power and the presence of God took on flesh and dwelt among us. But even after his ascension, the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost and we were filled with the Holy Spirit. And Paul even says that, don't you know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? See, the, God dwells with us. Even if you fast forward to Revelations, there's coming a new heaven and a new earth where God will rule and reign forever. And you and I will rule and reign with him. So he's desi he desires for there to be a dwelling place. God wants to be with us. That's why when we say, thine is the kingdom, it's just reminding us, I'm not a part of this world. I'm in this world, but I'm a part of a different kingdom. I I'm in this world, but I'm not here just to try to make a good living in this world. When you are a child of God, you're in the kingdom of God, and you're here to make a difference in the kingdom. Uh, let me just say it this way, and I'm trying to be as nice as I can. If you just got saved and you're waiting on the lift, you missed the point. Why? Because not only is there a dwelling place, there's a dominion. That's why it's called a kingdom. That last part of the word kingdom means dominion. It's it's the king. No, that's not where we get the name of the park. That's how it got its name. But the king's dominion is you and I. It's anywhere his presence is. Your home is the kingdom of God. Your workplace is the kingdom of God. We talk about the seven mountains around here all the time. The, the mountain of education, the mountain of business, the mountain of arts and entertainment, the mountains of education. All those areas, all those spheres in life, if you are there, the presence and the power of God is there, and that is the kingdom of God. Well, Pastor, that, that, what are you talking about? When God in Genesis created Adam and Eve, the first thing he did in chapter 1 was look at them and says, Listen, I have created you in my image. Now go be fruitful, multiply, and have dominion. That means rule over things. doesn't mean lord over things. It means take care of things. You're in charge. Take care of it. Dads, you're in charge. Take care of the family. Um, moms, you're in charge. 
Nurture the family. Husbands and wives, you ready? Act like it. Act like husbands and wives. Oh, I think I just got offended. I'm still on jet lag, okay? I don't... Okay? Um, here, here's one thing I did learn about being in Israel. <clears throat> not only do people not have space issues. You know, we're an American here. We need our space. They don't need space. It's a very small country. There's 9 million people living in Israel. There's no such thing as personal space. Okay? Now, it's not so much that you have to get used to people in your space. You have to get used to them being very honest with you in your space. Um, we're not used to that, even in the church. Not only do we not want to offend each other, well, you know, we want to do it in love. That's not even love. That's like, I'll never discipline my child. I love them. Wait till they're teenagers. I tell dads all the time, you better beat them while they're young, because when they get older, they will beat you. I can't believe he said, <laughs> I'm not advocating violence, okay? Just don't tell us about it. Just, just get it done. <laughs> so what, what, what is dominion? Well, let me ask you something. How has God gifted you? What are the gifts and talents that God has gifted you with? What are the gifts that God has given you? So sometimes when we talk about the kingdom of God, we only think about preaching or singing or being an usher, or what we can do on Sundays. That's a vital part. Us coming together on Sundays is a vital part of corporate worship, but it's that much of the rest of your life. Every area of your life, God is preparing you to make a difference in the kingdom. Your kingdom is not when you drive on the property at 5045 Indian River Road. This is a building. You are the church. You are the temple of the living God, and in you, we, he, we, in him, we live and move and have our being. Everything we do, wherever we are, our business, our homes, uh, where you go on vacation, everything. When I was a kid, we used to go on vacation, and every once in a while, we didn't go to church on Sunday when we were on vacation. I felt like we backslid. I felt like we would go to hell on vacation if we weren't careful. Now, I, people always take this wrong when I say this. Um, if you ever miss a Sunday don't sweat it see the reason there's no response is most of you are over you've gotten over this a long time ago <laughs> don't sweat it God's not taking attendance he checks our heart on a regular basis now that is not I think he said we can skip church no that's not what I'm saying we, the Bible is very clear about coming together on a regular basis and listen if you need to you need to be in a grace group some of you are in two grace groups some some of you might be hitting three grace groups we just don't know it and the bottom line is fellowship it's keeping you out of trouble it's, why because that's what the body of Christ is supposed to be doing now here's here's what this praise is we're closing this prayer so why why am I even talking about this because you are closing the prayer by reminding yourself that everything I've been praying about, it's his kingdom. I've not been asking loosely, 
give us this day our daily bread just because I, you know, if I'm not careful, I'll pray that way. I'm just praying selfishly for things that I want. But I can't pray selfishly for things that I want when I just prayed, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Get, now that I've surrendered to your kingdom, give us this day our daily bread. When I'm praying those kind of prayers, Lord, lead me not into temptation. I know there's going to be difficulties, but Lord, I'm an overcomer through the blood of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's your kingdom. Praise the Lord. It's not my kingdom. It's not somebody else's kingdom. It's his kingdom. Am I making sense? Now, I, I say that because we try to build our kingdoms. But I just want to encourage you. you. He's not called us to build a kingdom. He's not called us to build a business. And some of you are very gifted in these areas, but just listen. He's not called you to build a business. He's not even called us to build the church. He even told us in the word of God. On this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What am I saying? All he wants you to do is found in Matthew 28. All authority has been given to me under heaven. Go and make disciples out of all nations. Go make disciples out of all nations. And what does that mean? Ready? We need to be making disciples. That's it. What's the disciple? Somebody who's following Jesus. Um, what does that look like? Well, today's a good step. Just listening to the word. But but now when you leave church today, it's it's having fellowship. It's 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 maybe going to a grace group this week. Men, we're still meeting tonight. Men in the grace group are still meeting tonight. Um, maybe it could be that there's there's somebody that's struggling, and you just feel. You've been praying, and the Lord just keeps laying them on your heart, and, and you just want to reach out to them and help them. And there's a lot of different ways discipleship happens, but one key element of people just starting to be a disciple, are you ready? Start talking to God. Pastor, how do you do that? I'm glad you asked. Our Father. Father, who's in heaven. And we're wrapping it up by saying, God, I know you're going to do this. Why? Because it's your kingdom. It's your kingdom. It's his domain. The second, second point, very quickly, is it's his power. It's his kingdom. But whatever gifts he's given you, whatever opportunities, I just want to push this a little bit more because God's given you opportunities that you're not taking. God's given you opportunities for ministry. Listen, I'm just going to throw this out there. We need somebody in our children's ministry so bad it's pathetic. Now I'm just being, I'm just challenging you with that, okay? I'm not trying to make anybody, man, he's really good at making people feel guilty. No, no, don't, don't go there. I'm just telling you. We can't say that our mission is that every generation experience the transforming power of Jesus Christ, but we don't have a children's ministry. You leave out that generation and we're done in three generations. Okay? But, but uh, is, turn up the heat a little bit for you, please. Get it good and hot in here. Here's, here's what I am saying. It's easy to come in here and be gifted and have gifts and just go out and try to make a living. Go home and just try to relax because, man, life just beats me up. It beats you up because you're not on the right path. I'm just being honest with you. When you're running on your terms, you're going to run out of gas. It's amazing, though, that when you're pursuing God, 
even even when you just start to struggle and i'm getting off on more bible studies than i want to admit but even when you start to struggle you, you sort of get like gideon you're worn out but you're still pursuing somehow supernaturally god gives you abilities and god why because it's his power that's why before um, or after matthew 28 at his ascension we believe that luke is also sharing from the same scenario as luke writes in, in acts chapter 1 don't worry about the times guys why because the disciples are still arguing about stuff that we argue about who's going to be in charge who's who's going to be the leader who's going to get to call the shots who's going to look important uh, when are you coming back jesus and jesus is saying listen don't worry about that stuff i, I want you to wait and receive the power after that the holy ghost has come upon you and you will be my witnesses Amen? He wants to fill you with power. Why? Because you have gifts, you have abilities, you have opportunities that in the kingdom of God, you need to be walking out in power. The, the American church, now please hear me. I know I generalize a lot. But Western Christianity is in trouble. Western Christianity is lazy and gotten very unhealthy, living on a cheap grace with no discipleship. When I can stand in front of Israelis who are thoroughly Jewish and their, their understanding of us as Christians, they still refer to the Holocaust when we as Christians even at that time were using the word Christ killers. Now they're not um, anti-American in our face like that, but they're not very impressed with our discipline. And, and please, full transparency, there's a part of me, until I would have went, I never really understood this. That's why, even if you're thinking right now, who cares? I understand. But if you go, you will care. Why? Because he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I know our theological preferences may may twist us and help us to think that well you know god gave up on the jews no actually he hasn't um, as a matter of fact if you really want to feel um the, the realities of what happened is you and i were grafted in um, it, it's amazing when you stand in front of some of them and you see the discipline in their lives while we were there, we, we had the opportunity to have a dinner with the family at Shabbat. That's simply Sabbath. It starts on Friday night around 5 o'clock. And if you don't have plans, you won't need any. Because nothing else is going to happen until Saturday night at 5 o'clock. The streets are empty. Um, kids can really can literally ride their bicycles on Main Street on the railroad tracks because the trolley, the cars, the, the subways, they're not coming anywhere. Nothing moves. And the families sit down and gather together. And we've always thought about Shabbat or Sabbath as, well, God wants us to rest. But you know, idle hands are the devil's workshop. We have to stay busy, you know. And I, I've got to pay my bills. You know, Josh talked about Pastor Josh talked about it this morning. You know, we, we want to try to help God 
with our 90% rather trusting him with our 10 and and the reality is these people just lay it all down they do nothing not out of laziness I, I just thought to myself man what do they they just do nothing they just rest see I, even I'm saying that to myself right because you know we don't practice it you know I'm right you're not you're not nodding the right way but you know I'm right so what did they do we all went and had a dinner at this house I really am subject here promise we, we try to live a life without the power we try to live it on our terms and we wonder why there's no power we want to be the light to the nations America but with no power um, we sat with this family and they were just they said, listen, the whole idea of Shabbat is it's not just to rest. It's to stop doing what you're doing to make a living and recreate. What do you recreate? Family time. Okay? Now, don't, don't raise your hands. This is not for guilt, anything like that. When's the last time you and your family sat down and had a meal together with no phones? Now, listen, there were, it was 25 of us over there college professors and a few pastors every one of us had our phones Shabbat. until finally on the back of the little leaflet they gave us said put all your technology away okay. then somebody pulled up one of their phones and took a picture and they were like please that's technology Put it all away. Well, Pastor, this gets ridiculous. No, it doesn't. It means you and I can't, we're so ADD to everything we think is important. We don't know how to stand still and know that He is God. Okay? Um, we sat there and watched them sing songs together that we tried to sing, but they were in Hebrew. And then and then they took a moment and they began to bless each other. And they just leaned over and they would, when their kids, they've been doing this every Friday their whole life. And he with the children sat there, his older children, and they just spoke a blessing to the wife. You know, e even, we can't speak Hebrew, but I don't even know if it was, you're awesome. Or I pray that God will bless you. You're the most important person in my life. Now just, can I just say this? What would your marriage do like, be like if you at least did that once a week? Um, what would your children be like? Because here's, here's what got me. He reached over and he's great. He didn't bless his son publicly because that's just like flattery. You're awesome. You're awesome, dude. I love you. No, he leaned over and he, he whispered in his ear. And we asked him later, he's just saying, I pray that God would just continue to bless you and strengthen you. I pray that God's peace would overshadow you when you're at work tomorrow. And when you're going through the week, I pray that God will just bless you supernaturally. I love you, son. Can you imagine if somebody was whispering that in your ear every Friday night and, and you were like not off to a baseball game and, and off to this and off to that and your life now is so scattered that you look back 10 years from now and you don't know how you got in the mess you're in. He, he, he's simply saying without God's power and us walking in that obedience, you'll never have it. But now, how does this help us close this prayer, Pastor? Can you bring us back around? Yeah, because when you've been praying, Our Father, 
who art in heaven, holy is your name. Hallowed be thy name, your kingdom. God, I'm reminding myself this morning that it's your kingdom, not my kingdom. I'm going to personally pray this. You ready? It's not about what John McLeod wants. It's about what you want, God. It's not about my likes. It's not about my feelings. Guys, get over your feelings. It's not about our feelings. It's not about what I want, that selfish ambition, that drive. But I'm saying, God, it is your kingdom. Your kingdom come and your will be done. Give me today what I need to be successful in your kingdom. Forgive me, Lord. Now I want to have a kingdom attitude. What's a kingdom attitude? If Jesus can forgive me, I can forgive you. God, I'm, I'm in your kingdom. I want this world to see that in a kingdom that's run by Jesus Christ the King, in a kingdom who belongs to the Father, when they see me, they're not just seeing some, somebody calling themselves a Christian. They're seeing somebody in the kingdom of God making a difference because they've surrendered their life and they're being supplied by God with everything they'll need that day to do what they need to do in the kingdom. And even when they're offended, they can forgive. Why? Because they've been forgiven. And they're part of a supernatural kingdom that knows how to forgive. They're part of a kingdom that knows it's going to be difficult. It's going to be struggle. But God has given us power. Why? Because it's his kingdom. Am I making sense? It's his kingdom. He gives us his power. And lastly, why? Now there's proclamation. It's his glory. Now here's what I want you to hear very quickly about glory. And then we're going to say, let it be. Glory actually is two words. And it, it just simply, it's a very simple word that, that means a lot of different things. It's, it's, it describes God, but it also describes attributes of God. But here's, here's what it means. It, it can mean God's opinion, the glory of God, God's opinion. It, it, it can mean the splendor of God, because God is splendid. It can mean magnificent because God is magnificent. So the glory of God is described by all these things. You know, for instance, let, let me just read this to you. <clears throat> it says, it's his opinion, it's splendor, it's magnificence, it's majesty. Just think about it in these terms. Romans 3, chapter 20, uh, 3 chapter, uh, verse 23. All have sinned and come short of the splendor of God. All have sinned and come short of the opinion of God. All have sinned and come short of the majesty of God. You understand what I'm saying? You and I could never match up to his glory. You and I could never measure up. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us from our, of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, meaning Jesus Christ is our righteousness. And that, that's why you and I can walk right in. Why did Isaiah feel so undone when he stood in the temple filled with his glory? Because when you see yourself in the presence of God, you'll never measure up to his reputation. You'll never measure up to his reputation. But I've got good news. One of the rabbis that we met with, we started talking because we had several New Testament professors and several Old Testament professors with us. And I just sat back and watched because I'm, I'm neither. All right? But they would, they would throw some scripture out there, and they would never make references to the New Testament, obviously, but the, 
the scholars we had, and they weren't trying to pick and, 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 and manipulate, but they just said, how do you feel about, you know, what, how do you deal with this particular issue? And I love what he said. He said, listen, Ezekiel chapter 36 simply says this. Ezekiel tells the children of Israel, listen, I'm going to do what I'm going to do with you, not because you deserve it, but for my namesake. And we all sat there in awe. Here's a Jew reminding us that God didn't save us because we deserved it. It's his reputation. God, God, God looks at us and he says, I'm not saving you because you finally prayed enough. I'm not, sa- I'm, not, I'm not saving you because you finally somehow earned it. I'm saving you because I sent my son, and if you believe on him, my reputation's at stake. My opinion, what people think about me, my opinion, my majesty, my splendor, I am not going to let my glory take a hit, so I will live up to what I say I will live up. Now, can you imagine, if I'm making sense, please help me. I'm just praying I'm making sense. Because when I, now when I end the prayer, my faith level when I begin to praise like that simply says this, Lord, everything in your kingdom I surrender. Lord, every need that I have on a day-to-day basis, I can trust you. Lord, everything that I need to be forgiven for, I know that you will forgive me and I'm going to forgive others. Lord, I know that when I'm led into very difficult times, I can overcome them because you've made us overcomers through Jesus Christ. Why? Because it's your kingdom and it's your power and it's your reputation. It's your glory. So be it. There's a different kind of a feeling that comes out of that Am I making sense? And see, it's not about, here's what I love about it. True confessions, I, I didn't cry at all in Israel. It sort of bothered me. You know, I was walking around where Jesus walked, and I'm like, man, it's going to hit me any minute now. I know everybody else was crying. I'm like, man, I'm a crier in the group, I'm pretty sure. And And nobody... Everybody's crying, and, and uh, Jesus, I just went to the wailing wall and wailed, and, and I was at the wailing wall, and I like, prayed, and, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm praying at the wailing wall, Lord, and I'm not making fun. I just, I was, there was so much that I was trying to process that, that being at a location, and this is what the Lord was telling me. Don't get so hung up on a place that I've already been. He was with you here last Sunday just as he was with me last Sunday. You know when I cried? And that man blessed his son. Why? Because when it's all said and done, it's really not about brick and mortar. It's about relationship. Another man in our group, powerful man, older man. <clears throat> he said, when you grabbed your son, I felt God grab me. And whisper in my ear, I love you. I just want to remind you how much I love you. And I mean, we're all there. I'm trying to eat, but I couldn't because now I'm crying. And I'm saying that because I think sometimes we, we sort of get lost in what we think we want God to do. And I tell you, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, it's not about just getting through 21 seconds. I, I pray I'm making sense this morning. 
It's not about getting through 21 seconds. It's 21 seconds getting through you. It's about understanding that, that God wants a relationship with you through Jesus Christ. He wants to give you everything you need, but when you start praying, God, it's your kingdom. It's your will. I, I'll find, I find many, many times, you know, even this last week, I landed Wednesday, and the last two or three days, I've just been, and everybody's the same, but I've been bombarded by things that are so overwhelming to me that I've been like, God, what's going on here and I've been praying for those things to be taken care of and, and God just kept reminding me don't forget whose kingdom this is you're not the king I, nobody asked you to carry that weight you're not the king there's already a king you, you just be my son you, you don't even have to you know I, I'm, you're created in, in my image and all I want you to do is walk in the power and in the giftings that I've given you and walk in that kind of power and walk in that direction and minister to the people you come alongside and minister to the people that you have an opportunity to minister. But don't, don't worry about having to be the king. There's already one. And after we've talked and after we've forgiven and after we've talked and after you've struggled and all that kind of good stuff, you can end every prayer with reminding yourself that it is my kingdom. It's my power. And it's my glory. And then you can close by a powerful step of faith. Amen. Amen. And what I found is, and I, I promise I'm closing. Emily, if you'll please come. Um, I, I know I'm a little different sometimes. Please forgive me. But when I expected to be very emotional... God told me that when you're living life, the things that will get you emotional are watching the victories, not trying to work something up to get a victory. And I need that to set in for a minute. Sometimes we're more like the priests and the prophets on Mount Carmel. We're trying to work something up to get God's attention. And Elijah just stood up and in 63 words, fire fell. I wonder sometimes that if we would realize that in 21 seconds of understanding what we're praying, it's a miracle that God can just move. Can I close with one more Israel story? Um, we met with the chief, chief executives of several hospitals and their disease, the gentleman over their disease for the entire state of Israel and he's back and forth in New York all the time dealing with this coronavirus. So that came up, and we were like, okay, so what's the deal? He said, well, no big deal. And we were like, does this guy watch the news? He said, no, we have two pe people in the building behind you, which made all of us a little nervous. But he was just like, no, no big deal. He said, as a matter of fact, we'll have the cure I'm guessing six months at the most. And, and several of our people said, why, why would you make that statement? He said, because, let me tell you how Israel is. And it's funny, they all spoke as a united group. Here's what he said. We don't look at situations and say, oh, wow, it's dark. He said, we've been in dark places. We, we've got the Holocaust. We know what it is to be beaten down. 
Even while we were there, I don't know if it made the news here, but rockets were shot in all the time. Okay? And I'm saying that. that Diane kept asking me, are you okay? I'm like, no, what happened? Because <laughs> these people invent stuff all the time. And you know what they say? It's a miracle. Everything they invent with technology, for medical reasons, for medical purposes, the vaccine. I, I got a text on my phone from the group we were with. It won't, be, it won't be six months. They'll have the vaccine in 90 days. It's already on the article on your internet if you want to go see it. Christianity Today. Israel has the cure. And so they were like, why? And he said, listen, I, I know I'm talking to a group of educated Christians. He said, but please understand, we believe in miracles. He said, but the miracles you look for are personal. You want God to touch you personally. When Israel prays for a miracle, it's for the nation. And then it's be, because we know that when we have the cure, we're going to bless nations. And after all, that's what God told Abraham he would do. And I'm sitting there going, God, please. Please speak into us with that kind of conviction. Christianity cannot be a help me through the day. Christianity cannot be help me through the week. Christianity has got to be Jesus Christ gave his life for us, and he said, pray like this. It's a kingdom work. God wants to use you this week. And can I be brutally honest with you? It's not just to help you to have a comfortable week. You may be in pure hell this week, but guess who's with you? And God has empowered you to make a difference where you are. I'm just asking you not only to continue praying, in just a few weeks we're starting another series. You ready? The Blessed Life. I almost don't want to do it. Because I, I, I think if we move too quickly into wanting to be a blessing, we, we still don't deal with the broken down walls. We still don't deal with the stuff that we really need to deal with. So in closing the series today, I just want to ask two things, if you'll please stand. First of all, <clears throat> is he your father? He wants a relationship with you. Is he your father? Through Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven, but now we become children of God. And it doesn't mean we're perfect. There's a process that we'll continue to grow. That's discipleship. We continue to grow and develop. But the second question is this. Have you really surrendered? Are you trying to be in the family with your will? Or have you really surrendered? And I just want to challenge you as we pray today because when you leave here, I'm praying that God will start showing all of us opportunities different things that we can be challenged with. Listen, I'll, I'll be the first one so you won't feel like I'm trying to beat up on everybody. What God has dealt with me um, almost every day on the trip and since I've been back is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Letting things go. And God's been pretty clear. If you don't let things go, you're not moving forward. You, you, think, you think you're carrying things. They're holding you back. You got to let things go, John. It's my kingdom. It's my kingdom. It's my power that will help you do it. But it's about my glory. 
my majesty. This has nothing to do with you. It's my glory. Make sense? Well, if he's dealing with me, he might be dealing with a lot of us on certain issues. I don't know what they are, but he does. And if he does, you do. I want to pray with you. We're going to close. And, and as we pray, um, our prayer team's going to come. And as we dismiss in just a moment, if you need prayer, we want to pray with you. Just come down to the front. I know we're having our meet and greet in just a few moments after the service. But we definitely, those who would desire prayer, we want to pray with you this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we come to you today because you are our Father. Lord, if there's someone here who's never made that decision, or maybe never truly understood that, that they're becoming a part of something greater than themselves, it's that we celebrate the personal decisions. Lord, I, I thank you for everyone who's made a personal decision to follow after Christ. But God, I pray that even today they realize there's something bigger than themselves. It's not their kingdom, it's yours. So, Father, we want to walk in relationship with you. But, Lord, we also want to live that surrendered life to you. Lord, I know there's marriages. I know there's families. I know there's individuals. You've been wrestling with them for, for weeks, possibly even months. Whether it's walls or issues in their life, or, Lord, they've started praying and the enemy's just coming in like a flood. Lord, I just pray that in the name of Jesus Christ, they would take those bold, in what may seem like radical steps of faith, that when they begin walking in that faith, that you will give them the power to make us the overcomer you've called us to be. And we give you praise. Use us this week. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in the midst of your people. God, I pray that you continue to use us powerfully. In Jesus' name, the strong Son of God. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. If you need prayer, we want to pray with those uh, this morning. We love you. If you're visiting, we'll see you at meet and greet in just a moment. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to hear more, you can find our entire archive on our website at graceriverva.com. Also, if this message has touched you in any way, we would love to connect with you. Do this by filling out a connection card at graceriverva.com connect. From all of us at Grace River Church, have a blessed day.